I'm Molly Cash, and this is Start and Keep Going. Today, we're talking about confirmation bias. On Wikipedia, confirmation bias is defined as the tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms or supports one's prior beliefs or values. Simply put, we like to be right about things, and not just our own selves, but our brains are actually built for this. Our brains want what we think is true to keep being true. There's this show called Brain Games that I think is absolutely fascinating. And in one episode, it showed how our brains will take the sensory input that we receive and match it up in a way that makes sense to us, even if in the real world it doesn't match up quite like that. The example they showed was where they had somebody um, slam a car door like 200 feet away from the observer. And light travels faster than sound, right? So you would actually technically see the car door shut a teeny bit sooner than you would hear it shut. But your brain doesn't interpret it that way. It presents to you the sound and the sight at the same time because otherwise we'd be confused. Because we know that car doors make a sound when they close and not after they close. And so if we interpreted it exactly how it is, we'd feel, you know, off balance all the time and we'd be questioning everything we know. And so rather than go there, our brain is just like, yep, that door made the sound at the same time it closed. Isn't that interesting? One of our brain's most important jobs is to conserve energy. So we're not going to waste energy trying to analyze when the door shut and when it made a noise and all of that. We just call it close enough and move on. I think it's incredible that our brains have the ability to do that and that they know which things to gloss over and which things to really scrutinize. So it's a very good thing that we humans naturally have this confirmation bias. However, it can get us into trouble. I don't see anything wrong with going on believing that you heard the car door shut the same time you saw it shut. But there are some things that we think and believe that are not true. And to go on continuing to believe and think those things when they're wrong is not great. If you were to say, think that the earth is flat, and then you're presented with evidence that it's actually round, and you just ignore that because you want to keep believing it's flat, You are welcome to do so, but you're missing out on what is true. Now, that's an extreme example. And although sometimes our confirmation bias does actually blind us to the truth, I think the way it affects us most often is just in things that aren't really true or not. They're just subjective. I have two sons who drew a picture of a dragon. They followed the same tutorial, but one of them generally thinks he's pretty good at art. The other one thinks he is terrible at art. And so I saw both pictures. They were both really good. But the son who thinks he's bad at art was pointing out, oh, see how the tail is kind of weird. It's thick here and thin here and it looks lumpy and look at this one eye. And, you know, all he could see was what's wrong with that dragon. And wrong in art is subjective anyway, right? But he could only see what he didn't like because he was looking for it. His brain just naturally wanted to confirm, I'm bad at art. Whereas my brain didn't have that bias. 
I'm more biased toward thinking my kids are amazing at everything they do. And so that is what I saw when I looked at the dragon. Another example is how I feel about my city, which is Ogden, Utah. If you're from Ogden, you already know this, but if not, I'll just tell you that this city has a bad rap around here. Um, it is legitimately a rough town historically. It's a big railroad town. And the way I understand it, it was kind of the last stop before sailors would get shipped out to war on the West Coast. And so it was kind of lawless and, and wild um, back in the day. Now it's pretty much a regular city, but um, growing up in a different part of Utah, I was always told that Ogden is the worst, it's dangerous, don't go there, you'll get shot, you know, things like that. And so when I had a gig, this was years and years ago, um, I play violin and I was uh, playing in the orchestra pit for a show at the Egyptian Theater in Ogden. And so I had to drive there every night and play the show and then go home. And I'm telling you, it was scary. I would get off the freeway and drive straight there and park and just like, you know, clutch my purse and my violin and run in and, and I would walk out with a friend to our cars and, and drive home. And um, I I can still picture how it looked to me and it looked shady. I mean, every person I saw, I just was suspicious of and, and everything just all pointed to like, yikes, this is not a good place to be. Now, fast forward a few years and I'm living in Ogden. We bought a restaurant literally one block away from the Egyptian theater and I'm now raising a young family here. And I have friends who take their kids downtown and we go to the children's museum and we go to the park and the same exact area where that theater is, is the area where we do fun things and go to the farmer's market and, you know, not to mention our business. So we spend a lot of time there. And I felt great about it. It felt totally safe and fine. And truly, it was a couple of years before I even made the connection that this was the same Egyptian theater. This is the same street where I was so afraid of walking in my car that now my kids and I are walking on to get ice cream. So in both cases, it's confirmation bias at work. Earlier, confirming my fears of this place that I've been told is dangerous. And then later, confirming my belief that this is a good place to raise a family. And in both cases, those beliefs started with other people telling me things. Other people telling me that Ogden was scary. And then later, other people, other moms saying, oh, you got to go to this place and this place. And we always take our kids here. And them kind of building this idea for me. And then my experience proved to confirm it. But... Had I held on more tightly to those initial beliefs I had about this city, my experiences would have been different. My brain would have noticed different things. I would have clutched my kids as I walked into the museum. I would have felt much differently because my brain would have been working to confirm a different set of beliefs that I already had. And we do this in every area of our lives. In relationships, this looks like, you know, if I already think this guy's a jerk, then I will interpret what he says and does to fit that narrative. And it's not that I'm an unreasonable person doing this on purpose. It's just what happens naturally in my brain. And a lot of the time it's totally fine, but it can cause problems in relationships. It can limit us when we do this um, with, with limiting beliefs about ourselves. And it can keep us stuck feeling awful in situations where we don't really need to feel awful. So the good news is we can disrupt this. 
we can stop holding ourselves back, we can improve our relationships with others, and we can just feel better by learning the skill of questioning our thoughts, questioning our beliefs. And I don't mean like throw your entire belief system out the window. The goal isn't to justify things that are against our values so that we'll feel good anyway or whatever. I'm talking about being open to questioning the way you think things are so that you can find ways to think about things that are more helpful to you. And I'll tell you how to do this, but I suggest starting with things that aren't like the bedrock foundation of how you live your life or who you are. Start with things that are a little more light. A good place to start is anything that comes after the word obviously. Like, obviously I can't move to Europe. Or obviously I have to make dinner. Obviously I'm not good at business. Or I obviously don't know how to eat well. When we're putting obviously in front of a statement or belief, it's weird because it's almost like we're acknowledging that it's subjective, but also saying that everyone would agree and this is just totally true. So look for where you're saying obviously, and especially if it's paired with something that makes you feel bad about yourself, this is a great place to practice questioning your thoughts on the matter. So for an example, I will say, obviously, I'm not good at gardening. Now, I do have some neighbors that would probably agree with that statement, but we're going to question it here to show you the process. So step one is to strip the whole thing down to just the bare facts. Okay, in this case, we would say, fact number one is that I have a garden. Fact number two is that there is a drip system installed. Fact number three would be that there are some uh, carrots growing in there from last year. And fact number four would be that there are weeds throughout the garden. We could also throw in the fact that somebody else helped me get the garden started and put in the drip system and plant those things initially. So, you know, I'm not like taking credit for all that, just that those things exist. They are in place. Those are the facts that I see outside my door that my confirmation bias uses to remind me how terrible I am at gardening. So I see those things, my brain reminds me, and this belief that I'm not good at gardening is strengthened. So that's the first step. Just get the facts down. Nothing but the facts. Step two is to realize what is happening in my life because I believe that I'm bad at gardening. In this case, I sigh and walk away. I don't get to work. I don't plant stuff or pull the weeds. So thinking this way is not helping me get any better at gardening. Now, the third and final step is to look for any other way that you could interpret this set of facts. So I have a garden with a drip system. That's, that's a lot better than a lot of people, right? That's better than no garden at all. I have plants growing from last year, which means I didn't kill them all. I could interpret it as I'm a beginning gardener or I'm just starting out. I'm just learning how. Now we've got the weeds to think about. We could interpret that as, oh man, I'm terrible at this. Or we could interpret it as I've been busy. I haven't prioritized this. Or even I haven't prioritized this yet, which gives me the option to change that. Now there's not one best right way to interpret anything. 
but just showing yourself that there is another way you could interpret the facts helps you to be a lot more open to actually changing your interpretation, which could help you feel better, help you interact better, help you do better. If my default were to believe that I'm a beginning gardener who's learning how to do it, then when I walked out and saw weeds, I would think, okay, I'm learning how to do this. I got to figure out how I'm going to stay on top of the weeds. Rather than just, oh, I can't look. I feel so awful. I'm not really there yet, and that's totally fine. But I am open to the possibility that there's a different way to look at it. And when I'm ready to change how I behave, I know that all I need to do is change how I think about it. And the change in behavior will naturally flow from that. Okay, so to review, step one, get it down to the bare facts. Step two, notice what is happening in your life because you interpret these facts in the way you do. And then step three is to find any other way of interpreting these facts. Now, if you've tried these steps and you're not getting anywhere, if it's not working, if you're like, nope, that's the only way to see it, there are two things that could be true. One, you didn't really strip it down to the bare facts. It can be really hard. Sometimes we've thought or believed something for so long that it really feels factual. Or sometimes when somebody has said something, we just take that as fact instead of using the fact of they said this thing. There's a difference. So think of facts as something that could be scientifically proven or proven in court or that every single person in the world would agree on, including people in the other political party or people that you think are actually evil. The second thing that could be true is that, you know, you did really get to the facts and you can see it, but you just can't find another way to think about it. And in this case, you just need an outside perspective. Grab a friend and present the facts to them and say, how would you interpret this? Or can you think of any other way to explain this? Now, a friend might not work so well because your friends often have the same biases that you do. And even if they don't, they probably, as your friend, have a bias that what you think is true. So if the friend's not going to work out, you need a coach. You need somebody who's more neutral, who's not involved in the situation, who is trained to keep their opinion out of it and help you explore other ways of thinking about it. I would be honored to help you do this. I always keep a few free slots open in my calendar. You can go to mollycash.com free and book one of those. And after that, you can find out how to work with me more if you want, if this is something you really want to take to another level. So I hope this was helpful and interesting to you. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next time.